Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Manufacturing Division, Manufacturing Hate. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, February 24th in the year 2023. I'm going to be honest, tonight we're going to talk about a subject that's probably one of the most important discoveries, if that's the right word, or realizations that we've had on this channel in a long time. I just made a call 30 minutes ago to Dr. Lee Merritt to confirm what I've just stumbled on, and she has confirmed what I've said, and in fact, she's going to research this weekend to back it up, and we're going to deliver a full show on it next week. But the whole framework here tonight is about manufacturing division and manufacturing hate. And I'm going to lay the framework down of what we're looking at and start giving you some of the, the crumbs and clues that we're looking at as to why what we're witnessing is happening at such a speed and such a phenomenal level. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're doing everything you can in your life to keep your home defense plan up. It's important. This is a time now when there's a lot of instability, a lot of fear, and as people get that way, things become unstable, especially in an environment that's designed to be unstable. One of those things to make sure you do is to keep your skill sets up, and you can do that and at the same time save money with one of the best products out there to train your skills, and that's iTarget Pro. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. I think BARDS is becoming the most popular promo code on the web. Everything, I, I try to work with everybody, and they always want to give us the BARDS code, which is awesome. We just love that. All right, Patriots, so I want to kind of lay down some groundwork here so we kind of know what we're talking about. We have obviously had a pretty intense last three years where we've seen a manifestation of division and hate unlike anything we've ever witnessed or imagined. And much of this is centered on the demonic, and the demonic centers itself around magic. And magic is a, it takes on many form, including, forms, including alchemy. Now, where I want to start with tonight is an interesting piece that came out today, and I disagree with this. I'm going to tell you straight up so we qualify this and I don't get misquoted by some retard. I completely disagree with what Scott Adams is saying here, but I want you to hear a man that's liberal 
that has now positioned himself, been so affected by what he is seeing and what they're doing in the culture, he's now actually turned against black America. I can't stand this. I mean, this is more and more, and he has a big platform to say this. And it's stunning to me to hear this, and it shows you how deep and effective this division strategy is. Take a listen to this. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Get, where, wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right, this can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where you know, I have a very low black population. Because unfortunately, the, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going uh, to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life, and I've been, the only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. That's the only outcome. <laughs> it makes no sense to help black Americans if you're white. Uh, the, the, it's over. Don't, don't even think it's worth trying. Totally not trying. This is what you get, first of all, with somebody who's an atheist or agnostic at best, who doesn't understand the principles of life through a biblical lens, and e equally one who is just now has such a platform to influence by his own design, by his own words, he's just promoted more hate. This is the beginning of where I want to go tonight because what we have seen is an unprecedented rise in hatred. It's just spawned out of nowhere, seemingly. And it's a mechanism of control that has to be going on. You just don't take two groups of people and suddenly they just start hating each other. And everything that Martin Luther King stood for has been thrown under the bus, driven over 10 times, and even his whole principle has been turned on its head. Now, the first piece that Scott Adams doesn't even touch is the manipulation of propaganda. So as he mentions these violent pieces that keep showing up on the web, these violent pieces that are showing up on the web are being seeded and highlighted so that we do see just one small optic and that we begin to see race wars. There's no question that there's a racial issue here. I'm not, even gonna, I'm not even saying there isn't. But it's been manufactured. And it's been manufactured on many levels. When we put things through a biblical lens, what we realize is there are two different, two different cultures here. And as, as part of being in the body of Christ, 
we are intended to be unique, not just washed over as one one group of people, all happy and jo- go lucky and singing kumbaya. But the way that this in, this information war has been waged is something even darker. This has been seeding these these inequalities with us, and now as you've seen with this critical race theory, they're trying to invert it to even fuel the hatred more. As they introduce critical race theory in schools, what they're doing is they're trying to get now the reaction more from the white part of the population to be even more angry and fueling the the greater hatred even in black population. This is from an information point of view and a psyop point of view, everything that's going on right now is totally engineered. And when I hear this from Scott Adams, it's pathetic. And why? And I say this because there's no way a man of his intelligence should be sucking the bait of propaganda to this level and then in himself and in his own words trying to fuel the hate even more. It's absolutely wrong. So the next piece I want you to hear is him again. And I want you to hear how he continues to defend his argument. And we're going to dig into the fallacies of this and then we're going to go deeper. But those who don't want to focus on education, you just need to get away from them. Just get as much distance as you can. That's my recommendation. Um, And I'm also really sick of seeing video after video of black Americans beating up non-black citizens. Um, You know, I realize it's anecdotal, and it doesn't give me a, a full picture of what's happening. But every damn day, I look on social media, and there's some black person beating the shit out of some white person. I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. Right? So I, I quit. And there we go. You didn't expect that today, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought he would be better than that. And I'm, it's a disappointing reality to witness that somebody, again, of his influence would take such a harsh and ugly position. So let's talk a little bit more about what we're seeing here. Because all of this begins to tie into something that's more disturbing. Now, if you understand what happened in Rwanda, the two tribes were put against each other and infused into hate to create an absolute butchery between each other, literally with machetes. And that operation was run by the CIA They were using frequency to cause two tribes to agitate to such a level that they would hate each other to the point of slaughtering each other openly, literally with machetes. Frequency is an issue here. We know that 5G is in our entire environment. And we continue to look at this whole time. And what's been the big push? The injection. The injection is something that is deep into our culture now, into our world. And just the principle of COVID between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, between the mask and the unmasked, has created such a deep rift of distrust that we have the whole basis of more manipulation by propaganda. But my research with Dr. in parallel with Dr. Merritt and what I just shared with her a bit ago asks a bigger question because now we're going to get into something that keeps hitting at me, and it's diet. Now, I've been doing some research on the infestation of parasites. And as, as she, she's been pushing this hard. And you know, I've really recommended that everybody read her site on parasites. Go to her site. It's Dr. Lee Merritt or the, the, the medicalrebel.com. 
and you need to look at her parasite protocols, and I would highly recommend that you follow them. Now, in a recent study, one person was finding, and she was just sharing this with me, some things that I had just seen, which is a guy that's been testing praying mantises. And the praying mantis, when he puts their tail, the back end of them, in water, it draws out what is called a hairworm. The hairworm is probably bigger than the mantis. It's disgusting to watch. It's like watching a massive tapeworm come out of something. But 95% of the praying mantises that he has tested have been infected with hairworms. Why is that important? Because we happen to be the only culture in the world currently that medically does not encourage parasitic treatments, parasitic purges. Instead, we keep moving along. Now, that's going to set the condition for a lot of things. And parasites also have the ability to pass the blood-brain barrier. Now, Dr. Lee Merritt's work, and as well as others, has really pointed to the fact that this injection is potentially parasitic or a parasitic actuator. Now, we start to look at other things as well. We start to look at diet again. And this was my premise to Dr. Merritt. Could the problem be at the core of the hatred that we saw, we have seen suddenly rise up, could it be dietary driven? In the black culture, there was a problem in the, around Washington Carver's time of, of a cognitive decline, a marketable cognitive decline in the, in the black population. And what they discovered was that a diet that was based heavily on corn was deficient in niacin. When they gave the population test subjects boosts in niacin, the cognitive levels switched almost immediately to the positive, meaning there was a massive increase in cognitive capacity, thinking capacity. The lack of niacin was literally dumbing people down. We're being relatively naive here when we look at our world and we keep trying to point to vectors, especially what they're trying to get us to do is to point to hatred to each other, understanding that one of their greatest wars that they're waging on us right now is food. This is something else that Dr. Merrick turned me on to, and she's going to talk more about it next week on the show. But that as they have us trying to eat bugs, part of the exoskeleton in bugs, they believe now the bugs communicate with each other through frequency. Now, if you start to put that in people, and we already know that the injection is based on getting a, a we'll call it a, a technological parasite in you so that they can use frequency to control you. Now you're starting to see the game that's going on here. Not to mention the fact that all the recently they've just discovered that all the artificial beef that they're calling like better than better than burger or whatever it is out there is laden with cancer cells. Everything is about destroying your health and about fusing hatred so we will destroy ourselves. At the end of the day, the idea is to keep us so hatred between each other that we can't find the core and the ability to walk in the body of Christ and keep our eyes on Father God. This is such a level of spiritual warfare. It is beyond the imagination of what most of us have ever considered. Now, I want to think about blessing our food. We look at our food as digestive. And we simply look at our food as something we get. And if you're on different pay, different levels, like if you're on the welfare scale, there's only some t- certain types of food you're going to be able to eat, which are going to be refined food, processed food, and who knows what they're putting in that. 
And if you're on the WIC program, which it should be called the WICA program, I swear, the WIC program is giving you government-engineered food predominantly. But blessing our food. If we are truly, everything in our life is given to us by God, and if the blessing is what we believe it to be to protect us as well, then blessing our food ensures that it won't be infected, and it has to be truly a blessing from our heart. We, are in, we have always been in a spiritual framework of life, but we've been convinced that we're in a material framework of life, and in so doing, we've now deviated away and we've lost much of our protections. So the premise right now that Dr. Merritt and I are working on, and she's going to bring more to the table on this next week, is that the food has been the vehicle by which they have seeded what they've needed in us to use frequency and then to accelerate this to another level of control with the injection to manipulate races and to manipulate us to to a point of war and destroy us permanently. This is genonomic weapon warfare right at its best. Genonomic weapons target groups by race, and we know that they've been doing genonomic weapon testing in Ukraine. And those weapon testings are designed to put, to literally wipe out. But we, when we consider wiping out races, we think of this as trying to just destroy them with a disease or something. What we haven't factored in is using the mechanisms of the injection, the mechanisms of food, the mechanisms of the poisons in there as like as a parasite within the body to actuate and to be able to drive division, hatred, and ultimately self-termination by waging war. It's very critical. One of the things that she and I are going to be looking at, and I'm just kind of giving some framework here for this, is that remember that many of the African-American cultures have been broken down to where they need UN food assistance. And they always deliver their food to the people. White rice is one of them. So I don't know what's in white rice, but I'm already getting suspicious. We should be growing our own food. There's no question about that. We need to be knowing where we get our food, how it is processed, and anytime we're giving up our food responsibilities to somebody else, we are subjecting ourselves to the potential of being poisoned by their parasitic approach to everything. This entire framework of our world is parasitic. And with being parasitic, just look at the things how our world works. Informational is energy parasitic and frequency parasitic. Money is emotional parasitic and frequency and energy parasitic. Energy parasitic is the top one. I mentioned this many times before, but it's an important paradigm to bring in here. Shaman that I knew years ago, good man and a good friend, he was he always used to say the most powerful piece, the most powerful thing in the world is a paper dollar. And I said, well, explain that to me. He says, because you work your labor, which is given to you, and he would use the term by, of spirit. We're going to use the term God. He, you, you use your gifts and talents that God gave you, and you put that into all this labor, and in return, you get a single piece of paper back that represents so much of a time that you put in. He's right. And that is the parasitic drain that comes off of us. When we look at politics, it's another form of parasitic approach. It's cognitively and emotionally draining. It's parasitic. It shouldn't be, but it is. When we look at, at 
the energies that are around us from our laptop to our cell phones, this is all EMP. This is all draining us and wearing down our parasitically draining us down so that our immune systems are lower and we begin to be exposed to different things in the environment and potentially even cause cancers and and other health problems. Our health system is parasitic. We are given all sorts of treatments of drugs. They're not intended to help us. They're intended to wear us down so we can maintain a state of perpetual sickness and dependency on their drugs. Cancer treatment, completely parasitic by approach because it's attacking what it's doing, and there's two approaches to this. It's the, the things that they're using to treat cancer ex, af, don't really work at all. They destroy the body. But even worse is the work that's increasingly going on. Dr. Artis is to name one, Dr. Merritt, Dr. Dr. Uh, Gary Madej. All of these people are looking at cancers now as parasites that are living in our bodies that these treatments that are for cancer are only causing to accelerate and grow more. The injection itself is a parasite. When you look at nanotech in your body, what is it doing? There's many elements to this parasite that they've injected into people. One is it's it's literally growing within you through this graphene oxide. Two, it's creating, a, as a parasite, it's overlaying itself onto your own energy network. If you take one of the patents that was developed so that you become, every motion that you make is itself transmitting energy to, to drive a literally a Bitcoin mining operation, everything about that injection, everything about our world is parasitic. And most importantly, then, is the core of how we survive, which is food. And food itself that they're processing has become a parasite on our body. Itself, the way it functions. But here's even worse. And I, these are just theoretical at this point in time. I don't have proof on this yet. But it is interesting to note that black culture eats more pork than any other culture. And pork has been warned in Scripture and in in the Quran as well, be careful what you eat. The thing about pork is pork is one of the meats that if you don't properly prepare it, don't properly care for it, and don't properly cook it, it is highly parasitic. You have a high potential for parasitic exposure. Trichinosis is one of those things in, in pork. So again, I'm asking questions, but the pointers are there that at the core of this hatred that we're witnessing between each other is a literally a dietary function of parasitic injections into our body and a frequency manipulation to cause people to literally strike at each other and see each other as hateful through hateful eyes rather than the power of Christ. Now, last night, we had Bishop Boone on. And he's talking in terms of the parallel cultures and the need for us to get together and recognize where we're different to embrace the common view in the body of Christ. And what we do know is through the body of Christ, we have healing through the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to start really reaching in to realize that we're not walking a mortal life here. We're not walking a physical life. But we are spiritual beings occupying a physical body. And what's happening is we are literally in the enemy's camp. And Satan is declaring full hell war on every one of God's children. And in doing so, doing everything Satan can to pit us against each other. How can it be that 7 billion people can't take over a world driven by a handful? 
because every single person has been so beat down that they see themselves as individual, not unified. We are in such a time right now that even from the spiritual point of view, so many of our pulpits have become parasitic. They're not empowering us. They're disempowering us. We're not hearing the stories and the empowerment of the, of the living God. We're not hearing the power and the, and the stories of the empowerment of the supernatural God. And worse yet, we're being diverted away into compliance and submission. Again, as I always qualify this, not every pulpit, because there's some really good pulpits out here and really good churches out here. But as a whole, this has become the message of Christianity. We are going to have to overcome this on a much higher level. And that higher level is literally walking with kingdom, walking with Father God in our heart and starting to reach out to people to bring unity through prayer, through blessings and through healing. This chaos that we're in right now cannot go on. And it definitely is not in the body of Christ. And as I sit here and I look at all that's happening, it is so easy to step back and realize that people are being played. The only question we've only ha- we've had is how. And there's many tiers of this, obviously. But it's the functioning of the parasite in our culture who gets into a way we think, into the way we run, into the way we do, into what we eat, what we drink. So as a pivot to go onto the right path, it literally has to be a responsibility that we each take towards trying to cleanse our bodies. It has to be this way. If we don't start taking this responsibility, we are literally going to fall into the same trap. Part of the cleansing is spiritual cleansing, and that's an acceptance of Christ and repentance. That's a deep spiritual cleansing that happens. In addition to this, we have to eat clean food. That means taking responsibility for what goes in your body and not taking for granted that what we buy at a grocery store or what we buy or wherever, your meat market, is going to be clean. We have to know the origins of these foods. We cannot minimize the prayer and blessing that we have to ask over every single meal. Every bit of food we put in our body, we need to seek the blessing of God and, and ask for the blessing on that food because that literally is giving us a spiritual protection of what's going in in our body. And then we get back to the fundamentals of literally buying less at the main markets, buying much more locally, getting to know your sourcing, and everywhere you can, growing your own food. Now, that's a long distance we just traveled from manufacturing division and manufacturing hate. But let's get into just the richness of growing your own food and how powerful this is. When you start to take responsibility for growing your own food, I don't care if it's on the counter of your apartment, on the balcony of your apartment, or on the backyard where your lawn used to be, or if you're doing things in bins and bags, or whether you're doing stuff in a re-landscaped backyard, front yard, or if you're doing stuff on acreage that you have. Every single person can grow something, and hopefully a lot of things. But as you start to tend to that growing, and you start to tend to the time it's growing, and you start to witness the miracle of seeds germinating and what comes from God's gifts, you start to reappreciate the principles of wealth, your station in life. It affects you deeply. 
there is a massive spiritual component to this of growing, of literally sowing seeds. And as we take that responsibility and we endure the successes and failures in this, which will be both, we start to reconnect with the process of life, even in the inner cities. And you have less time to be tending to the hate and a whole lot more time tending to what you can grow and you're responsible for. It should be a requirement that every single person is required in this nation to grow something in their diet because it's, a, it's literally a mental shift. And as we start to grow these things and take good care to grow things, we start to appreciate the quality of the food that God intended us to eat, not the garbage that's being processed and put into the stores. There is a richness in taking responsibility for our food as we take a richness in being responsible and accountable in this life. So we've moved us from a point where we were an agrarian-based culture. They propelled us into an industrial culture, forging big things in big factories, building great weapons of war building great tractors to use petrochemicals to spray across the land to grow big growths of agriculture and to consolidate agriculture in the modern day into corporate large swaths. Now they've been waging a war on our access to food, waging a war on the proteins, the meats, the poultry, the fish. They've been poisoning the environments with terrorist attacks domestically. And to what dimension those are truly effective in a culture, the biggest thing they keep doing is they keep seeding us with the parasite of fear to get us to believe any narrative they put before us and react accordingly. They do a local bit of damage. That damage isn't always long-term, but it's definitely enough to stir the fear and hatred in the culture. And those only fuel and manifest into greater problems because they themselves are parasitic in our lives. Then you add just the dimensions of what they can control that's within us. It's interesting to note that they were attacked ivermectin so heavily. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic. It's one of its base functions. It's why you can find it in feed stores, because it's given as a dewormer. These things, again, they, everything that they try to target when you get down to it, is an anti-parasite. And so if you're dealing with an attack and a war trying to prevent us from going after or using anti-parasitics, then pretty much we can look at that honestly and say the amount of effort that they put into something is the magnitude of how successful it is. Their effort to try to stop ivermectin, HCQ, and a variety of others All of those drugs, the five, there's principally five that they went after, are all antiparasitics. So that tells us that what they were most afraid of is that we would discover the core of their greatest evil. And I wouldn't say that if it was just a simple regulatory delay or even one drug, but it wasn't just one drug. It was a span of drugs that were antiparasitic. And it wasn't just a span of drugs. It was literally assaults on people for using it, a massive media campaign against it. There was punishments for doctors that delivered it. 
all of the punitive action accumulated such a mass amount of energy and, and effort to prevent it should tell you how deep the truth is with parasites. Then you start to look at their pivot to try to force everybody into a new diet, a diet based on vertically grown greens in these big warehouse facilities and a diet driven by proteins derived from bugs. Now you start to see how important the parasitic approach is because they're taking away any ability to purge yourself of parasites and the things that they're putting in you are likely fuels for parasites. That would mean cancers. It would be all these things that we translate into that language. And with this, every step we've made along this path the hatred between two races has accelerated at an unprecedented race rate. Yes, there's been problems between black and white culture. I got it. We haven't resolved everything. Martin Luther King had a great vision, but we're here at a point right now that it's like that never happened. We're at a point right now that you have Scott Adams now literally proclaiming that we need to have white and black neighborhoods. That's insane. I am not discounting the fact that there's differences. I'm not discounting the fact we have a history to get over, just like we have a history to bridge with First Nations and us. There's a lot of blood that's been spilled in between those. And we know that the one way that this can be accomplished is through our faith. We know that through the body of Christ, through our eyes looking through the body of Christ and our eyes on Father God, not on our own self, which is the progressive nightmare, we start to realize a greater purpose and a greater healing than we've ever imagined. Yet with all of this, there is also the functional aspects within this body temple that we have. And it's the necessity for us to truly cleanse ourselves and separate ourselves from the infection, which is this system. I said a long time ago, and I truly mean this, the most radical thing you can do right now is to grow food. And it's something that has been, it is obvious at how important it is to grow food because we literally need to be taking responsibility. And as we grow food, we have to have the bounty and seek to have the bounty of sharing with our neighbor, to love thy neighbor. These things in scriptures take on, on such a deeper meaning when we understand how the war is being waged. We say these in euphemisms. We say things like, oh, we love our neighbor. Oh, yeah, but my neighbor's a liberal. I don't care what your neighbor is. What I know is what we're being told to do is we, as we sow seeds, and that's both metaphorically and spiritually, metaphorically, physically, and spiritually, as we sow seeds, as we build our bounty, as we break bread with one another, as we share our bounty with our neighbors, as we build a respect and love for our neighbor, we can be different in the body of Christ and still get along and love each other. That's as we're intended to be. But we have to take that lead and that responsibility. This war is a parasitic war. This war is a profound war designed to divide us, to separate us, and in so doing, take us away from the throne, take us away from kingdom. We can't walk that way. We literally have to put our foot down and say no more. And as we do say no more, that means we have to take responsibility. Diet is our first place. And however you choose, to, I'm not getting into how you eat. That's your choice. 
It's your choice to decide, for example, if you want to eat pork or not eat pork. We have people in the in chat and people in this community that are adamantly against pork. Go ahead. I'm I'm not I'm not saying yes or no to that. But I am saying this. If we don't start taking responsibility for the nature of our food and the cleanliness of our food and the and the proper preparation of our food, which includes prayer and worship over every piece of food we eat, which means every meal. And if we're not taking this approach in our lives of walking with kingdom in everything we do and understanding that we begin as spiritual beings living in a physical body and start realizing that we are all part of the body of Christ and then working together to get rid of this infections that are living within us on many levels, mental, spiritual, physical, that's our way forward to unify, not, not just mechanics of this thing. And it sure as heck isn't going to be thrown in a race card. Again, Scott Adams' view, like, oh, you know, I can't, I'm not going to live in a neighborhood anymore with, with black people. Man, I'm telling you, he's out of date. He should have been living back in the 50s. It is stunning how effective this campaign has been. And no, I don't see anywhere in there in the Bible it talks about that. But again, we have a person who's an agnostic or atheist. I don't know which. And he's trying to look at this stuff through data. And data, by the way, from a psyop point of view, is the number one tool you use to screw with people's minds. We have a lot of unity to, to come to. And we keep looking for that one moment that will suddenly wake everybody up. We're trying to find that place where we're going to come together and say, oh, it took all that to finally get us to see united together. We're not going to get there if we keep walking away from the core of what this war is. This war is a spiritual war. It's a war being waged aggressively and ruthlessly. And it's easily solved if we have the courage to walk that way. Myron, who, is the vice, who was the vice president of the Navajo Nation, he and I stood before Circle Rock. I've told this story, but I'm telling it again. We prayed together when I left the Navajo Reservation. Before I left, we prayed, and we prayed before Circle Rock. And he said, where do we go now? And I said, we've begun. Because we, two people, or two or three are gathered, prayed before Father God to release us from the bondage of the blood rift that stood before us, that parasite of mental control. And we did so. And in so doing, we're now moving forward. He and I will be getting together again soon. There's others that now want to join in. There's a broader understanding that we all have to start coming together and setting aside our hatred. That also means the hatred that has evolved over the last year between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Our focus has to be towards getting eyes on Father God, and more important than ever, that we lead that for those that took the injection. They now carry a technological parasite within them. And it is going to be only through prayer and repentance that they're going to be able to get closer to God. And we have to encourage that and support that and guide that everywhere we can.
The one thing about Bards Nation is it's composed primarily of people that are none that didn't take the vax. But our community has to grow far beyond that. And with that, we've gained tremendous knowledge over this last year. The blessing of God in this whole community has been tremendous. He's blessed us with insights to learn and develop skills in gardening and tending to tending for our own food. He's blessed us with insights and learning to understand how to homeschool, how to build home churches. The ideas of starting small businesses and starting to do your skills and talents as a way to build a, a live a living. We have worked towards the whole principle of health and wellness, gaining understanding and knowledge of what it takes to live without this medical dependency and medical tyranny. We've gained an an appreciation for understanding the problem, informed action. And we've gained a greater appreciation for stewardship and conservation to use what he gave us to the maximum level. All of these skills are the foundations now to wage this war in an incredible level. And each one of us in this community has grown, some specializing more in one thing or another. It's great because that's how we work together. It's not one thing. And if we're going to keep, if we're going to sit and pound the pulpit purely on one thing, like it has to be this or no other way, we have to meet people where they are. We have to work with them, embrace them, and start to build a greater appreciation for building the strength and expansion of the body of Christ. All of this sits on it sits where we are now in this amazing time. As I've said many times, we waged the war, we waged the battle and fought the battle against the vax. And I am will always stand on what I said there. Those that took the vax chose salvation in a needle rather than salvation in Christ. However, the however is there is still repentance to come home. And now that war has to be waged on healing, on health, and repentance to bring people back to the center and to get rid of this massive division and hatred in our nation. We don't need more Scott Adams. We need more voices of unity through the love of the body of Christ. And quite frankly, anybody that's speaking about division that doesn't have Christ in their heart is just speaking Satan's tongue. So right now, patriots, I just really am encouraging everybody, take a step back, take a breath, breathe, reflect on how you're running your life, each one of us, to take a contemplation on how we are judging one another. This is not our right to judge. It is our time to heal and build bridges. God has given us the tools to do exactly that. And it's going to be necessary as we go forward, because if we can't build the bridges and build community, I truly believe that what's coming you won't survive. I don't care how much prep you have, how deep your bunker is. I don't care how many cans of tuna you have on your shelf. At the end of the day, it's going to take community. It's going to take sharing the love and the walk of Christ. It's going to take the strength for us to stand up and speak truth. It's going to take the, the incredible basis of knowledge that we have to continue to grow and gain with. And with this, as we grow and develop these skills, many of which people don't even know, you realize that there's people in the inner city. I mean, I'll tell you, the eye-opening experience I had was living in Philadelphia. There are people in those inner cities that have never known anything but these wretched inner city environments, growing up with violence, growing up with, with crack houses next door or in your own house. 
They don't even know what it's like to see a, a, a forest. Not kidding about this. You talk about growing food, they'll look at you like you came from Mars. But man, what a mission that would be. Right? God's given us amazing tools here. Tools to literally reach out into communities and open their eyes and their hearts to a different way of seeing the world without having to wield the sword of steel. I'm not telling you this is going to be an easy path, nor am I telling you we're going to avoid the moment of Peter drawing the sword to cut off an ear. But if we don't make an effort to put our eyes on God and letting him lead us, not just us seeking him, put our eyes on the throne and have him lead us with the great basis of what he's done so that we can fight this war of division, understanding that everything is centered around a parasitic attack on us to wear us down to such a level that we become subject to their manipulation, subject to their evil, and in so doing, destroy ourselves by our own hand. That's a sickness we cannot continue with, a sickness that cannot stand. And God will not be will not be kind to that. His judgment will be harsh. We are the children of the one God, the God of hosts. We are made in his image. And his image is not about division and hate. It's about a powerful, powerful, deep-seated love that we have to reignite in our hearts. So much passion that we can literally go into the world trusting in him to lead us with the tools, gifts, and talents that he's given us to overcome these obstacles in a massive way. To loop back to the beginning, I called Dr. Merritt tonight, just before the show, 30 minutes before, to just confirm some of my recent findings. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a scientist by trade. I'm a guy simply pursuing the love of Jesus and with God in my heart, eyes on the throne. I let him lead me. And I dig and I ask questions and things are shown. And what's amazing is this is the time that he's doing this for everyone that wants to hear. The wisdom is there for us to grab. When we work together, Dr. Merritt is a spinal expert a spinal surgeon that was in the Navy with an amazing medical background under her. Two people, a guy with a history degree and working in crazy places around the world and Dr. Lee Merritt come together to continue to build models that are opening up the depth of this insanity and showing the power of two people that have a common view, a common love in Christ to solve a problem for the world. And we're one of thousands Imagine what happens if the whole body of Christ comes together and works that way. There's nothing we can't solve. There's no obstacle we can't overcome. And there's no enemy that can wage any weapon that can defeat us. More than ever now, more than ever is a time now to build the communities around you, to reach out to and love your neighbor, to truly start building that powerful movement of understanding that this is how God wants us to be. And through that mightiness of kingdom, overcoming what seems to be impossible division and 
unbelievable levels of hate, we can overcome. Let us pray. Father God, we're here tonight just humbly before you. Just our hearts open to you. Blessed with the continued wisdom that you pour upon us. Praying for the many now that will begin to seek you and start to understand that we are being victimized by an outside force. That we have to be willing to come to you, repent, and then stand up against it and work together to overcome and conquer this evil. We live in a world framed on parasitic relationships in everything that we do. And sadly, even those parasitic relationships can happen between us as they feed on the hate that is seeded between us, not by anyone other than the father of lies. Father, we pray tonight just for a cleansing of the heart across this world, a deep and powerful cleanse that will shake off this darkness, this parasitic framework that has just wretched so many people into hatred, division, and instead now start to see each other with compassion to give those that are walking here in, with ears to hear and in the process of hearing, give us eyes to see, to realize that we are not the enemy of each other, the enemy of my brother, but rather we are the brothers in one in the body of Christ, that the enemy sits beyond that, that they are truly seeking to divide us and to allow us to destroy ourselves by our own hand. Let that be stopped. Let those attempts and issues, words, hatred, whatever they're doing, be cast down. Let us feel the compulsion, the need to put ourselves before you to repent, to cleanse our hearts, to stand up strong, to see what is before us, to take accountability in our lives for what goes into this body temple to take accountability for our lives of how we speak to one another and now rise up to find the common ground, to rebuild the strength in the body of Christ, to stand now as one with all of our uniqueness and perfection in each every one of us to confront this enemy and decisively destroy it. Guide us, Father, in this hour, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, I'm telling you, this war is not hard to win if we open our hearts up to Jesus. But this war is going to be a near impossibility to win if we think we can do it on our own. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war 
and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 